One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, Egg Chasers. This is the Egg Chasers podcast, the podcast about rugby that doesn't take itself or the game too seriously. And back after round three of the Heineken Cup. Still feels great saying that. The Heineken Cup. Uh, the top flight of domestic club rugby in the Northern Hemisphere. And we're going to digest it all uh, from the rugby dungeon. I'm Tim. Um, with JB in his pyjamas. Yes, hello Tim. And Jill, I've been in my pyjamas all day. Oh, it's one of them. It is, it is. I, st- I started drinking on Friday... I stopped last night and I have, well, let's face it, I'm pretty hungover. <laughs> Were you drinking, though, in a Christmas jumper? Obviously. Good, good, glad to hear that, that. Right, there is a bit of snobbery at the moment, isn't there, about Christmas jumper drinking. People are taking Twitter saying, oh, it's, uh, you know, you want to see drinkers and your Christmas jumper's been so zany. No, it's good fun. I won't have it. And why not? Ex- exactly right, it's yeah. Christmas. Yeah. Um, you'll never guess where I went la- uh, last night, though. Manchester. No. Did you see the video that I sent? <laughs> I saw the video that you sent at uh, quarter to three this, <laughs> this morning. So where could you have gone at quarter to three this morning? Spot- not, not in Manchester. Not Manchester, no. Oh, that was Phil, by the way. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Go on. Uh, this is unbelievable. This is, I'm, I'm actually embarrassed. I'm going to say this. So I went to my boss's house. My boss. Uh, <laughs> that wasn't your boss's house in the video, though. No, it wasn't. Um, my boss's house uh, from Pearson for, from Pearson solicitors. And then after, afterwards, I don't know why I just plugged the name now because um, it, it, this is shameful. On the way back, right, we went through Oldham, and I was getting a lift, and I had to get dropped off in Oldham to get a taxi. And I thought, Do you know what? Just one more beer. And the only place open was Liquid and Envy nightclub in Oldham. <laughs> At £5 in, but what a bargain that turned out to be. Because Which who... rugby league players were there? No, no, no. <laughs> Even better. Base Hunter. Live. <laughs> <laughs> I could not believe it. What was the last gig you went to? God, I've never been to one in my life. R. Kelly? Uh, oh, R. Kelly in South Africa. Yeah. <laughs> R- the... Yeah. I won, I, I won some tickets for that. Wow. <laughs> uh, it was... Uh, I've never seen anything like it. Um, is he? I think he's Dutch or something. Is he Swedish or yeah, something like that? Yeah. And uh, I think he's in the stage of his career where he's just going around provincial nightclubs, hoovering up some cash. And uh, it was just weird. He stands. He, he, he doesn't do anything. He just stands on the stage and says, "I'm going to have a beer." And everyone goes, "Yeah!" And he stands on the stage, has a beer, and then they've got these two. It's like so tin pot. They have these two bouncers who basically had huge party poppers, and but they've got to manually pull the party poppers. I mean. 
high-level pyrotechnics. <laughs> Were they health and safety approved party poppers? They wouldn't have been allowed in Bath Rugby, if that's what you're asking. <laughs> that is what I'm asking. So yeah, last night, Bass Hunter. Wow. Wow. So- <laughs> Bass Hunter and R. Kelly is... <laughs> the I mean, it's, it's a veritable who's who. That's the bucket list everyone wants. And actually, I looked awful uh, <laughs> with my with my flip flops. Everyone's got like leather jackets on. Uh, yeah, it was flip flops and a Stade Francais shirt. St- flip flops, Stade Francais shirt, tight little um, cotton. Uh, Strong look. Yeah, yeah. Well, R. Uh, Kelly literally did a double take. I've, uh, <laughs> I've, I was fifty fifty about the uh, South Africa Lions series, but if that's the sort of escapades what you can get into then oh I'm, South Africa is by far I'm, the I'm best on, I'm on. yeah I think for, South Africa is by far the best touring country out, out of those three uh, having only done South Africa you you are informed to say that 100% yes well on this podcast let me just give some headlines of things we're going to talk about the England head coach position has had some uh, had some people talking about it we just touched on it there Bath Rugby's stringent health and safety uh, regulations um, ring fencing, the Premiership again has reared its head. Yeah, every kind of twelve to eighteen months, it, it just there seems to be something that sparks that debate again. Yeah, I would ask, look at the clubs which are struggling, because if one of the big clubs is really struggling with a bit of weight behind it, maybe this ring fencing idea will gather a bit a bit of steam. Well, you want to quickly, let's quickly tick this, chalk this one off then. Let's, let's yep. talk off the ring fencing thing. So it's been brought up, yeah. And we were we were talking last weekend about how exciting it is that there's only what five points between all the yeah five or six points between uh, yeah fourth four. and twelfth. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Six, so sixth to twelfth, there is four points, four points between them, and then Quins and Wasps and Gloucester are slightly further ahead. So there was a lot of people joking. Oh, I wonder how long it's going to be till they start talking about ring fencing. Well, a day is <laughs> the answer to that one. Um, we 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 don't need to go into any great depth on it, but it was I thought it was good to hear Nigel Melville at the RFU now coming in and saying, "No, this is not how it's done. If it's going to be done, this is not how it's done. It will not be done for the start of next season, and we need to look at it properly if it's something that is a possibility for the future." But he's very wary of doing it for the effect it will have on the structure of the game as a whole. Mm. Equally, he was saying that. There are way more professional rugby players. There's 1,200 professional rugby players in England, and he thinks he said, "Think how much, how many resources that is that's going out of the game to players, to agents, and all the rest of it." Whereas actually, he he, he had he, he does think there's an element of a less is more. Uh, sorry, what was he saying? That there's too many professionals. Oh, no, was it? Maybe it wasn't Nigel Melville saying this. I might have crossed wires. Anyway, Nigel Melville came out and yeah, said, no, "We'll be done next this, season." Yeah, but it, well, it was like Nigel Melville. Yeah, yeah. So, so he, he was he was stating facts <clears throat> and saying he he believes broadly speaking that less is more. Yeah. Um, well, and was was he sort of saying if you, you were to do ring fencing, then the, the possibility of a properly geographically spread sixteen team two conference competition. Might be. I, see, I, don't, I might be crossing wires about who's actually said this, but that's yeah. But this is the general gist of the conversation, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Um, well, just to, it's an interesting point about the amount of professionals because he might be right. There might be too many professionals. I remember in the early days, uh, Wales had the most professional players in in the world, allegedly, because they were contracting people up in say Bangor, who would be like the fourth, potentially you know the fifth choice tight head prop for the Blues should. The apocalypse happened down south, <laughs> so like you know, you can spread your resources far, far too thinly. Uh, so I don't, I don't disagree with that. I, I, 
I'm open to ring fencing. If they want to do it, I'm sure it'll be fine. If they don't want to do it, I'm sure it'll be fine. Yeah, I, I'm open to it. The concern would be if you get a situation that uh, you eliminate the opportunity for anyone to do an Exeter. Unless you franchise it and they say, well, look, you know, we're big enough, we've got the resources, we've built a stadium, and we spent four million, four million quid plus the rest on salaries. Can we, can we play now? And the answer is, yeah, yeah, sure, why not? Um, the, there is a problem this year with the uncertainty regarding who's going to go down because there are a lot of very, very egotistical businessmen who are club owners who would not like to see their cash wasted should they go down. And I think that's probably what's going to be driving this conversation. Well, there's a couple of facts here that we can say that the team that comes up, if they don't have premiership shares, there are 13 teams which own shares in the premiership. London Irish is the one currently not in the premiership that, that accounts for that. And so that as it stands, any team outside of that that comes up, and this was the case when Exeter Chiefs first came up, and this is what made their survival and then rise so amazing, is that they were funded by half the amount of all the rest of the teams in the Premiership. So when London Welsh came up, they got half the amount of money that other teams did. It's staggering that, isn't it, to think that you would set up an all... I mean, you've set up a league with the full knowledge that someone's going to go up or down, but the shares don't change hands? Yes. No. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, 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 Yeah, apart from if it's one of those 13 that's gone down and then comes back up, like... Like Bristol, like but I think Irish. I think that structure has changed. I think they've redone it now. No, they haven't. Have they not? Nigel, Melville, Nigel Melville was saying he would like to fund any team that comes up should get equal equal funded, funded. Uh, yeah. which is fair. Um, it's, yes, it's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. it's just it's it's like a cartel. Yeah, otherwise isn't it? And it's also so one of the historic issues was you only found out if you're going to get promoted on well first week in June. Yeah, was was traditional when everyone else has already long since done their recruiting so it was always a gamble but they missed out on pe- whoever was doing the recruiting it missed out on Piri Weepu didn't they <laughs> big time <laughs> Tyson Keats yeah. uh, so now that bit has been addressed but it, there is still a gamble that um, because you really need to be doing your recruiting kind of mm. almost the year before or... I, sorry I know this is a tangent and you're talking about very important stuff I just can't get the interview out of my mind when they had the five directors of rugby talking about how the season's <laughs> going to pan out and they're Justin Bur- Burnell on there and sort of like everyone knew that London Welsh were going down but they had to be very very polite to him uh, so it was like oh yeah well I mean would you like to play a back line which include Piri Whippu, Ollie Barkley, Tim Molnar uh, Ross, what, what was his name? The the fly half, the really old fly half, Ross. Uh, Gordon Ross. Gordon Ross. Um, yes, I would love to play them. <laughs> yes, that'd be great. <laughs> you got players well past their prime <laughs> yeah. when they weren't. Really, some of them weren't really that that standard I think, anyway. I think it would be the best for the England te- for the England team. It would be the best for directing resources to English qualified players rather than foreign imports at high inflated. Values, and so, and I think it will ultimately happen. Um, it would be, it is a shame. I do like the structure of English club rugby. And mm, yeah, I, I love how competitive it is right now. Yeah, I, that the the league is so interesting. Just, it feels like pretty much anyone can beat anyone else. But but we might be having the same conversation next year, and London Irish are adrift at the bottom. Yeah, and we're like this is pointless. So yeah, who knows? The the, who the knows? one other thing that does make make me favour. Um, ring fencing is how well the kind of two tier system has worked in the Pro 14 mm. having kind of almost two well it, two it, separate it leagues metric, within one league it depends what metric yeah. you use because yes it was it was exciting you 
you have some good games. Equally, look at the crowds. Yeah, um, Pro, Pro 14 dire. does have the, the geographical think, problem anyway. Yeah. I think I might be making this up, but haven't their crowd haven't their crowds gone up year on year? I, honest answer sure. is I don't know, but I suspect they will have done if you take it in aggregate because now you've got more derby games. Yeah. So having more derby games is going to increase the average crowd. Yeah. So anyway. That, that, there'll be plenty of time to discuss that, I, I think. Let's talk yeah, about the, we, the, and we've discussed it for basically yeah. the last five years as well. The England head coach position then. Yes. Again, this arrival of Nigel Melville, he's quite, he, he seemed very open to talk about stuff. Yeah. Very open. So he's come out and said... Well, see, the thing with the RFU, Tim, is you're able to talk about whatever you want when you're in the RFU, but when you leave the RFU, you've got to sign secrecy agreements. So, yeah, if you, if you want him to talk, now, now would be a good time. <laughs> or else you get your privileges removed to go to corporate boxes. As long as you can still go to the corporate boxes. I yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. It's a fair trade-off. So, uh, Warren Gatland is on the England head coach shortlist. Brilliant. As is, and these are the people that have been mentioned by Nigel Melville himself, Stuart McCall, who has ruled himself out. Okay. Stuart McCall? Mark McCall. Mark McCall. Stuart McCall, Stuart. The, the former Everton and Glasgow Rangers midfielder. Strike. <laughs> by the way, left field midfielder. selection. <laughs> it, might, it might work. <laughs> might work. Um, Rob Baxter. Who has equally said is not of interest. Interested. At the moment. Nonsense. Stuart Lancaster. Yeah. What? <laughs> Steve Borthwick. Richard Cockrell. Good. We know, we know that Andy Farrell. They missed that trick, and they would have liked it. And um, what's the other one? I'm missing one. Uh, Steve Diamond. I don't think it. Well, maybe that was it. Maybe those are the only ones that were mentioned. Anyway, got... discuss. Um, I'd actually quite like Gatland. Gatland would be amazing for England. Gatland would be staggeringly good for England. England would, would cruise... No, they wouldn't just win the World Cup. They'd cruise to it. I would also like Gatland. I would be... If all, everyone mentioned... So I, I would love to have an English head coach. Yeah. I don't think anyone... The only person who is even close to the credentials for an English head coach, in my opinion right now, is Andy Farrell. And I wouldn't want him over See, Gatland. I think that's amazing that you think that. Because... Andy Farrell hasn't had a head coach position. No, yeah. no, but he's the one because. So I would want someone with, I would ideally head coach experience, uh, like DOR experience, and also international experience. And he's got incredible international experience, but not as a head coach. He just doesn't have the DOR. Yeah. So there are a few things you need to balance out. Is DOR experience important? Bearing in mind that running a club side is like running a club side. You've got you know, mm. all the eligibility things, you're selecting players, you're identifying talent, so on and so forth. Whereas actually being an international head coach, is that not more like just coaching? Is that why Stuart Lancaster might be good at one thing, but, but not, not the other? Not the other. Or, yeah, that's a good point. He wasn't, was he? He was an overall team, team DOR yeah. type guy. So, yeah, going back to... Farrell, maybe that's why he does fit an international coach. It depends what you want. I think one person who hasn't been mentioned, but that I think should be mentioned, is Dean Richards. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think you can argue. He's won, what, two European Cups as head coach of Leicester? Yeah. Seems a long time ago, though. It does it seem does. a long time ago. But <laughs> he's done but it. That's almost more to the point. Look what he's done with Newcastle. And, and Harlequins. I mean, Harlequins, obviously, yeah. that ended badly. That did end badly. But yep. you know, he built that he built that team back up absolutely from the championship. And you know, when he was caught being naughty, they were in a semi-final or some such thing. Yeah. So you know, he's, he's yeah, he, he's a good coach. He's extremely good. Again, he's not a, a coach as such. He knows 
how to run a ship and create a team of coaches, and he's brought through yeah. Dave Walder. Oh, um, was Dean Ryan mentioned on that list? No. He wasn't. From what I read, Dean Ryan was not mentioned. See, because I think he probably is the next one. Promoted for, promoted from the inside. That that surely... So I think it's, it's very unlikely. The only scenario in which I can see that happening is if Eddie Jones has a total meltdown. Like like last year. Like last year's Six Nations. Even, even worse than last year's Six how Nations. How could it be worse than fifth in the... Well, sixth. Yeah. Um, uh, <laughs> don't win any games. Yeah, but how could it realistically be worse? It's, it's unlikely to be worse than last year's. Right. It's possible. I mean, if it is possible. England's first game travelled to Dublin to face Ireland... That is not going to go well. Um, do you know, I kind of envy them in that way. Because if you're going to put in your big performance and get that win, I mean, they could do it. And if they do, that sets them up, that sets them up nicely. They won't, but they, they could. They, what they does will it not. say, though? But it's interesting. What does it say that Mark McCall and Rob Baxter... I mean, this is the, a huge job, particularly for Rob Baxter as an Englishman, but also for Mark McCall... I mean, what does it say that these guys are, are like, nah, I'm all right, I'm quite happy where I am? Uh, I don't think they're taking the offer seriously, that's what I think. So it's one thing for them for you to be told, there's speculation, that you could be the England coach, and it's another thing to say, you're going to be the England coach. If they came with a solid offer and said, you're going to be the England coach, we want you, name your price, they would, they, they, they would both take it. But whilst there's like six names in the hat, there's, there's no point in saying I want it. You don't want to be Jake White. Yeah, I, I completely understand that. I think Mark McCall, so there is nothing more he can do at Saracens. As mm. in, he, he's won everything multiple times. Baxter, he probably does have unfinished business at, at Exeter, especially this season, as they we've seen, they are pretty much out of Europe. Yeah. Um, they're cooked, they're out. Yeah. They're done, aren't they? Completely done. Might mathematically be possible with a load of other results going in their favour, but... That is massive unfinished business for both him and for Exeter. So I, it wouldn't surprise me if he just if he wouldn't want to consider it until he's done more on that front. Yeah, well, the chat was with them that they wouldn't consider it until they'd won something. Well, they've won the Premiership now. They have. So maybe that'll be enough. But I, I, I think Bax would be... Oh, he'd be ideal. Well, would he be ideal? Of all... <laughs> Of all these people, I mean, he, he, he'd be fine. No one would have a problem with it. But of all those lads that you mentioned, for me, Gatland. Yeah. I, no, I, I'm sure he will probably end up being top of the list. But again, that, we're going to have plenty of time to talk about that. I would also love to see Joe Schmidt, but I know it's very, very unlikely to, yeah. to happen. I'd, I'd, Gatland or Schmidt would be the, the two mm, for me. Absolutely. So... Um, Oh, can I just make one? Can I just say have one little um, moan? Yes, of course. Uh, hang on, is it Twitter? It is. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Please continue. Please don't politicise my rugby. Do not politicise my rugby. People linking bloody Brexit to rugby. Do one. Oh, uh, anything. No, that's it. Move on. That's, <laughs> okay, that's, it. that's all I want to say. That's probably sensible. Wise. I, on my timeline, I do not want to. I do not want to read about the, the whys and wherefores of how Brexit might affect rugby. Do one. Yeah, we can't. Im- I think we can't import whistles. I think that's. Yeah. I think that's the main concern at the moment, <laughs> isn't it? Particularly when it's done in. Yeah, particularly when it's written with such a un un hidden agenda. Well, just, uh, yeah, so well, but we that, but don't politicise my rugby. Uh, yeah, I would just say maybe that is the art of good column writing to come with it with some partiality to start with. Apart partiality, I've got no. I've got. I don't mind, but 
it's it's a massive. It's just a lot. It, the beautiful thing about the rugby this weekend is getting away from bloody all the toxicity of mm. social media. But watch out! Watch watch on my timeline later on this week. I'm going to do my um, my uh, small go- my my small government fifteen players that really believe in small taxation and small government. So <laughs> watch out for that. It'll be fascinating. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Um, all right. So there we go. That's fine. So we've done ring fencing. Right. Bath are getting absolutely hammered <laughs> for Flaggate. I have no idea. I guess you give some people a tiny bit of power who have never had it before. I mean, I used to work at a, a place. It was part financial advisors, part accountancy. And we had this one guy called Trevor. Obviously, he was called Trevor. And he was one of the senior partners. And he, once a year, would walk around trying to catch his clothes on corners and call it his snag list, so he could make a list of potentially da- potentially dangerous places to walk. I guess. Wow. Yeah, this is the same place where I came in early, tripped over one of those. Do you know those little um, plug things? Um, like a four way adapter type thing. Yeah. Do you know the ones that you like lift up from the floor? Oh, okay, oh yeah. yeah, floor box. Yeah. So someone obviously left that open, tripped up, fine. I was absolutely fine. I had to write a report. <laughs> so yeah, uh, I I can see how I, I can see how uh, see how it happens. So, just like sometimes the the trains stop because there's the wrong type of snow, uh, you can have the wrong type of flag as well, as we've learnt. Evidently. It allegedly failed on three health and safety criteria, criteria. including a fire risk assessment. Yeah, there was no fire safety certificate on the the Leinster Supporters Club flags that they were trying to distribute to their fans at the wreck. Good God. I mean, well, no, come on. Yeah, never be too careful. No, you can't. Safety first and foremost. Flammable flags in torrential rain. No, (laughs) no, you can't. Uh, It's very wise. Uh, Right. So yeah, it's just a stupid decision, Um, and they should get lambasted for it. And I think they have. Also, most fans are quite one-eyed, so you don't want to you don't want to poke the other one out. Oh dear, God. so I, I, do you know, I would like to know the name of the individual that actually made this, because sometimes ridicule is a very, very important tool, and it would be nice to know exactly the person, like uh, John Evans, uh, health and safety inspector at the rec, who made, you know, who made this actual decision, so there's some, some accountability to it. It's ridiculous. It is ridiculous, and it does... So Bath's uh, Champions Cup campaign is a bit of a laughingstock already, because mm. of their um, request or their... Um, uh, yeah, the, the potential Bruce appeal to oh, have God, a rematch yeah. after the Toulouse game because there uh, were 10, unsafe flags, ten what, seconds left. <laughs> unsafe flags. Yeah, <laughs> three seconds left, and they blew, he blew the final whistle. Yeah, it's something like ten or twelve seconds left, yeah. and they blew the final whistle. Um, yes. Never mind the uh, Freddie Burns, not mistake, obviously, but Freddie Burns incidents. Incidents, yes. Oh, and his uh, interception. Oh, was it his, him, was it? It was Wilson. through This week's yeah. interception to Lama. It was oh, young Englishman James Wilson. Really felt for him. I know. Like, plant, he planted his feet, absolutely winged it. <laughs> like, well, it, was it was very t- unclear where it was going. <laughs> it, wasn't, it was turnover ball, and he must have just thought, right, let's get it wide as quick as we possibly as can. As you've been coached. Yeah. That's what you do. Get it wide, so I'll go for a quadruple miss pass. Yeah. 30 yard pass to no one in particular apart from Jordan Lama. Oh, yeah, the line speed. Always about line speed. <laughs> so, let's just talk about Bath a second. I know they're not that important this year. In the... Well, they definitely didn't wave a white flag on the field. No. No. They are a funny team because 
they're actually really good. They just don't win many games. Well, so my theory with Bath is they're actually really good when they break it down to a very simple. So in wet conditions, mm. and they break it down to a very simple game plan, and their defensive line and the the work rate of their pack, their set piece, all those kind of real basic simple things are outstanding, as yep. good as anyone in the in the league or in Europe. What they struggle with is uh, when the game opens up a bit wider, they seem to struggle with it. Probably because they, they've perhaps not got all the personnel they'd won on the pitch. Thinking of like Jonathan Joseph and Anthony Watson, for example. And and their two first choice tens, Priestland and uh, Freddie Burns. But yeah, I think their basics are as good as anyone. I think right now they're struggling. And you could see that in that, that close kind of arm wrestle game. They stayed in it right to the last minute. They got... A, a point out of the game, losing bonus point, and it's only because Leinster are, well, they are the best team in Europe, yep. and they're made of the backbone and the best team in the, in the Northern Hemisphere. Uh, it does feel like they are, they're in a process of sort of rebuilding, right when they should be in the process of rebuilding again. So what I mean by that is, this team feels like it's like year one of a, you know, a, brand, a brand new coaching setup. In reality, it's not. Blackadder's been there three years, but they've got Gervin Dempsey trying to do things. So you see, like, the basis of something good. But if they get really good at those basics, next year it's going to all change anyway, because uh, I think uh, Neil Hatley's coming back. Uh, Is Blackadder going? And then Hooper's... Don't know. know. Yeah. Don't know. Blackadder's signed. We don't know that yet. And and the Stuart Lancaster rumours as well. Yeah. Well, I don't know how much... There's a lot of rumours flying around at the minute. Well, we'll and, talk about them shortly. Yeah, there's a lot of rumours, and you never know how much has got any substance behind it. The Michael Hooper... My, am I getting all the names wrong? That's Michael Hooper. Uh, <laughs> Stuart, Stuart Hooper. Stuart Hooper. Stuart Hooper. Dear, what is up with me? It's been a long weekend. <laughs> at least Michael Hooper is a rugby player. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Stuart McCall. Um, <laughs> Stuart Hooper was captain for Stuart Lancaster at Leeds Carnegie. Oh, yeah. Nice little... They like each other. And you can... You can see how they would get on. Both very serious, both very serious, very cerebral, very culture oriented. Oh, sounds like hell on earth. <laughs> um, but yeah, great men. Can, can I just say, um, I, I, that, that I mean, Leinster are the best team in Europe. They probably have the best back row options mm, in the competition. Bath can't be far away. I mean. Where they've got Underhill and Lowe playing together are just amazing. Yeah. Because Hill is a proper seven. But Lowe is a proper seven, but he's big enough that he can play six as well. And they're I, both so powerful. Eight, as he did at the weekend. Yeah. Um, and then what are you going to do with Faletau? Or and, Mercer? And Mercer so Looking at the players, again, I was, all, when you talk about rumours, the players apparently coming to Bath are Mike Williams. Ooh. Big Mike Williams. I, I, I think he might go to Sale. Mike Williams apparently to Bath well that's, that's a rumour anyway which doesn't make any sense I, I no. think he's very highly re- regarded in rugby circles though for some oh, reason no, 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 I don't doubt it I'm not, I'm, that's no judgement on him as a player it's if there's a position they don't need anyone yeah. it's a six yeah a six slash second row yeah he's got Yules does that Garvey, they've got Ellis Stuke. yeah Ellis is very good is at that is it Stuke that does that from well, is Stuke even there Stuke more of, yeah, Regardless. more of a second and they're row buying a, and they're getting a load of props apparently Christian Judge the guy on loan from yep. Pirates at Saracens um, Lewis Boyce, Boyce. They do seem to, and another tight end as well. But they do seem to be incredibly careless with their players. Like they, it, it, I can't remember the last time Bath went in the midst of an injury crisis, and they've got an enormous squad. So whatever they're doing, I mean, 
Yeah, the, 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 you never see all, all the players in one go. It's kind of like just a smattering here or a smattering there for a very short amount of time. Who knows indeed. It, but that game demonstrates again how difficult away wins are to get because Leinster had to really work hard for that and were quite lucky uh, at that time. Well, yeah. It, certainly in the way they got their winning try. Yeah, yeah. It was... Uh, yeah, if, if it wasn't for that intercept, it might have been a different Did, game. Have they lost a game this season? Yeah, to lose away. To lose, I thought so. Yeah. God, I, I'm liking to lose this season a lot. Well, I say to lose this season. I'm liking Cheslin Col- Col- Colby a lot this season. <laughs> and uh, Jerome Kano. Yes, very much Jerome Kano. And to Corey. To Corey, yeah. He is in the lot in well, I wanted to call him, call him Gitto, but is Gitoon? Gitoon, or Gitoon? He can shift. Well, broadly speaking, I think French rugby has been in this weird wilderness. And... When Toulon were winning European Cups, they were doing so without very many French players. Mm. And then the national team's just been an absolute horror show. And they've lost... Just wherever you looked with French rugby, they'd, they'd lost their identity. And then last year you had La Rochelle. And then this year you've got Toulouse and... Who's play, who else is playing European Cup playing really well? Racing. Racing, yeah. yeah. That, that what those teams have in common and what French sides seem to be getting back to a bit is, yes, they have massive men in their side, but they're playing really quick offloading support support play. And when watching Toulouse at the Rico, they are amazing. They're, they're, they offload... I think they've... In the first two rounds, I don't know what it's like now, but in the first two rounds, they had... 14 more offloads than the next team. Wow. Like they had 37 and the next nearest was 23 in two games. And when you see them play, it's like it's ridiculous. Even in really bad conditions, they're like, yeah, let's play. Let's yeah, go. Well, there are more French players involved now because when Bernard Lepore became the president of France or whatever he is, FFR. Yep, um, he mandated that you had to have a... You know, like the English clubs have got to have a certain amount of... Yeah, like a quota. Um, yeah, I think they've got something similar to that now for the, for the first time. So, so, so there is that, and France have never actually struggled for talent. They've always had loads and loads of talent. Do you know what always get, gets me about these French teams? Are like the random, the random Southern Hemisphere guys that you see in there, and like you look them up, and they've got no real background. You know, Zach Holmes playing ten for Toulouse. Yeah. Who knows the Zach Holmes? Well, who was Cheslin Colby a year ago? Yeah, um, and the league is full of these lads, and they're immense. So yeah, that that that. Uh, that always get, gets me, but yeah, there, there is more. Um... They've reconnected with that classic French identity. It yeah. feels. The, yeah, the teams that are doing well, uh, Racing, Toulouse, and I will add to it, even though they're not in the Champions Cup, uh, Clermont, who are I think second second in the league at the moment. I've not seen Clermont all season. Was hanging out with Benders yesterday. Did oh you, wow! Did, did, did you see the mittens that he wore? No. no. So he he, uh, he came on as the guest, and he was he was good value, uh, and he. Uh, yeah, he was wearing these big Under Armour mittens, like no, no, no fingers in the gloves. Just it was like a what you would wear when you're five years old to go out and throw snowballs. <laughs> <when> <laughs> nice. Why? He's a grown man. <laughs> Why not? He's <laughs> vendors. He can do what he wants. There's some interesting outfits. And, uh, and how was some interesting outfits? Oh, uh, Ollie Woodburn. Oh my Woodburn. word. I am a big, big Ollie Woodburn fan. Tell me this. We'll, he cannot we'll, do any wrong in my eyes. Was Hugo furious about that? Because. <laughs> Hugo's probably the best dressed man on, on rugby TV, right? Yeah. Yes. And then he happens just to pull the short straw to be on the same shot 
as Ollie Woodburn. He will, he will uh, not be making that mistake again. Uh, going no, he won't. Park. No. Ollie Woodburn, if you haven't seen it, was in a fedora. With... Yep. Was it a fedora? Was it yes. not b- b- bigger than a f- fedora? Well, possibly. I'm not sure. I'm not down with my. You're uh, not down with your hats, hat, Lingle. But it looked like a fedora to me with a beige roll neck sweater, black jacket, pocket square. No. Uh, camel. camel. Like a, yeah. Oh, camel like jacket. a sun- sunny camel jacket. Camel jacket. Was it a black roll neck sweater? I don't know. No, what white roll neck sweater. White roll neck gets better. Black uh, jeans or chinos and what looks like. Uh, suede Chelsea boots from Strong. here, but perfect. Yeah, he looked amazing. And, and black gloves as well. Hell of a look. It is a uh, yeah. Pulled off to perfection. Really yes. Is. Yeah, looked incredible. And on the Exeter and the the fat the fashion front, because let's face it, they're um, that's not what you know Exeter for. You know them for some pretty horrible hairdos. <laughs> and, and, and on that front, I'm expecting to hear that Blair Cowan is joining Exeter Chiefs because. Uh, there's, there's been a piece on the TV. I think it might be BBC Berkshire or, or whatever, it, whatever that, whatever it is. There's a piece on the news where Blair Cowan has, has uh, qualified as a barber. He's, <laughs> really? Wow! So he does he does all the boys' hair. Wow! So that's that's ripe to be taken down to uh, Sandy Park. Qualified as a barber? I mean, that sounds like a grueling course. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, nice, nice. Uh, where is Blair Cowan now? London Irish. Is he? Still. I thought he was going to move to Bath. And then he had a stint at Saracens. Yeah, the Saracens stint to cover injuries, but that was only it was like a loan deal, wasn't it? Ah, right. Yeah. Well, what about extra then? So, well, yeah. What, well, it's done, it, isn't it? It it is done. Do you think Rob Baxter is? What makes this harder is yes, it's disappointing anyway. But secondly, it's how much how the, how vocal the noises were that Europe is the big fo- For, focus. Yeah, Europe's our focus. We're, we're it's all about doing well. On that front as well, and um, it's been painful. Yeah, maybe they've just lost like a bit. two losses and a draw. Correct. Yeah, and they also yeah. lost to Harlequins in, in between that. Oh so, yeah, in, yeah. The, in the league. So the first loss, uh, the first loss in the league. Um, yeah, they're, they're currently residing bottom of Group Two or Pool Two yeah. on three points. I so guess it, it's mathematically possible for them to qualify. They could still get eighteen points, but doing so, they'd have to get a five-point win away at Munster. Uh, I think they can do that. Munster. I, there's, so I think they're in a good group to beat everyone. I think they actually can, can still go yeah, and beat everyone. They're still not going to be top. And then they go through second. And they're probably not going to go through second. It's but if if they got three five point wins, they are not going to get three five point wins. They I, might I, do. I don't think they can go to Munster. I think they can. I not absolutely think they can. Especially not on this run of form. I think if they'd won those three games, they might be able to. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I, it, it is on it. Is unlikely, but we're sort of missing the bigger story here, which is not that they lost, but Gloucester, Gloucester won. won. Yeah, and they are looking serious, seriously sharp now. Yeah, they are. They're, they feel like such a nicely balanced team as well. Yeah, because they've got this enormous so the pack, which is for the last five, maybe even ten years, has been like this kind of laughing stock. Obvious weakness in uh, Gloucester. Yeah, they kept signing agile. Second rows that were a little bit maybe weren't just weren't hard. Yeah, Pete Gloucester was James Hudson anchoring, anchoring a mall and being dragged along, literally <laughs> being dragged like his body was was fully on the floor, <laughs> holding on someone else's mall as they trundled over. Like, oh, <laughs> can't do that. But they've got some gnarly, horrible, in a brilliant way, horrible oh, guys. Yeah, and the, the, I mean the back row that started. That, yeah, Morgan Pelledry, 
Freddie Clark. They're all enormous and powerful and explosive. They're so good. But they're all relatively mobile as well. And those two flankers, it highlights the, the depth. Those the, the two flankers are, are, you know... Well, Freddie Clark was off the radar a year or two ago. And he's, what, 25, 26? So he's not like... A, a Paledri's obviously a star yeah. in the making. Yeah, but even a couple of years ago, yeah. not really heard of him. So for me where I think you can see the improvement in Gloucester as well, are their backline options. So they've finally got 12 trees playing well. Well, he was he didn't even start here. I think this is one of the first sightings I've had of Owen Williams for about 12 months, which Play, is interesting. 12. Yeah, which is interesting that they decide, decided to go with him. Yeah. I, I don't know if I've mentioned this before. I quite like Mark, Mark Atkinson. Um, Trin, uh, you've got Trinder. Uh, you've got all... Uh, you've got all all these lads, all on rotation, and then Danny Cipriani just makes makes the whole thing sing. Well, Willie Cip- Hines made a massive yeah. difference. Cipriani and Willie Hines, those two, such good experienced operators mm. who can bring the best out of that backline, and then getting young Ollie Thorley back. Oh, how do we not talk about Ollie Thorley? Ollie Thorley is on absolute sensational form. He, he is on in, like Six Nations He's in, form. It's a shame for Ollie Thorley that Eddie Jones doesn't Care pick about on form. Doesn't, doesn't pick on form. He he is on. But, if if he is not on Eddie Jones's radar, then I might jump on the JB bandwagon of saying out Eddie out Eddie because out, Ollie, Ollie Thorley is unplayable at the moment. He's amazing, isn't he? He's, he's absolutely amazing. Real. No, you're one of these he guys. because yeah. he's so fast. He's so powerful. He's steppy. He just he reads the game so well. His defense is good. Right, but what I would say, what I would always say is, you can't just say so and so should be picked. Here we go. This was what I say. Who who do you drop? Jack Nor. Ashton. Jack Nor because he's injured. Well, name me some some England wingers. Nathan Earl. Drop that one. Drop him, yeah. uh, uh, Next one? Any of those three we just mentioned. Yeah. Noel, Ashton, Nathan Earl. I'd drop any of those for Ollie Tholley. Name me another one. Wow. Name me another England. Me too. Join me. Drop him. (laughs) (laughs) The two two I wouldn't drop are May and Thokonasiga. I'd drop them both. Cool. Are you going to have any wingers playing? If we can get two Ollie Thorleys on the pitch, let's yeah. do that. I tell you what, there'd be something rather sweet, wouldn't there, if um, Johnny May... I mean, I actually love Johnny May. I think I think Johnny May is amazing. Um, but it would be quite sweet if uh, Johnny May was the guy who dropped for Ollie Thorley. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, well, yeah, that really would be. Like, we could have got Ollie Thorley for nothing, but we gave up our club captain. <laughs> and we're eighth in the league. I, I don't know why, this is a bit of a tangent, but were you guys... Do you remember... When Joan Lomu burst on the scene, did your club start pick, start pick, putting like flankers on the wing yep. and stuff like that? Yep. And not only that, every flanker that played on the wing, his nickname was Joan Lomu. <laughs> <laughs> Go on, Lomu. I remember at Newbury that that happened. Uh, that's how I got. Yeah, I played against Newbury when the number their number eight was playing opposite me. So I remember I played them early in the season. Chris in about... Hart. Yeah. No, I might have even played against you because I remember getting. I was coming through into the team, or I was on. I remember getting extra games because they moved a back row onto the wing. Yeah, I remember yeah, playing against a guy. I played. I played early in the season uh, down there when he was playing number eight, and then the next game he was playing on the wing opposite me. Yeah. But I, Broughton Park had this enormous number eight who came from Chester. I can't remember his name now. Huge guy, and he played eight or wing. You know, in fact, I, I wonder. Probably Lomu's legacy is people like Banahan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, hand still want. Or I'm trying to think of another one now who actually does. Nairavoro. Yeah, and they're just these massive lads. Yeah, Nadolo, Surveyor, uh, Thokonasiga. Mm. Yeah, um, 
Oh yeah, and oh, yeah, I would drop Cock and Seeger for Thorley at the moment. But on that, it's, isn't it great? Uh, he, he, as much as we're talking about the Thorley singer and all these guys, isn't it great that, that the Cheslin Col- uh, Cheslin Colby is still relevant and brilliant? And Ollie yeah. Thorley, like you said, I mean, mind you, he's a tough. He's, Man, he's big, isn't he? He's like six, guy. He's six yeah. two. Well, yeah, no, he's, not, so... he's not that big. He's not that he big. Not? No, he, I, I'd have him down as like a fourteen stone, five eleven kind of winger. He's listed, yeah, listed as six one, uh, hundred kg, so fifteen and a That's half. That's big for a winger. Okay, sorry, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. Um, he is powerful but, as well. But, but it's that that whole because uh, he can shift that fast. That fifteen and a half stone becomes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You're very, right about Colby though. Because very threatening. Colby is just a different breed. So, did you see one of his many runs? And he catches the ball. This is how you know he's so good. He catches the ball and he runs the opposite way to where you're taught to run. He goes backwards. He takes a step forwards, spins backwards, sort of goes sideways, and then goes for goes for, forward again. Sort of like um, oh, what was the running back for the Detroit Lions, Barry, Barry, uh, Barry Sanders style? It's uh, yeah. He's 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 remarkable. He, he's the closest thing to Shane Williams uh, since Shane Williams. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll, let me change tangent. Okay. To, um, we've got one team that's doing fantastically well in Gloucester. And oh, that, that question, oh, should I have a look at Twitter, see what, see what our... Uh, Uh-oh. See what our, our listeners said. Is it Gloucester's year? Is it Gloucester's year? Is it Gloucester's year? Oh, yes. What, what percentage do you think people will have said? So the options were this, y- this year, this, next year. This year or next year. Because <sighs> the, the, the joke being, it's always... Next year. Gloucester's year is always next year. I think the Gloucester's year is next year. I I actually think that it is definitely next year. We've been conned, haven't we, again by Gloucester? Yeah. Every year we get conned by Gloucester. They they could do it this year. I think they they might be well placed for the league this year. They could definitely finish in the top four. And then I think they will finish top four. They have no problem with Exeter, they have no problem with Saracens. No no problem with going to Exeter. Which they've just shown. I think they would have a problem going to Saracens. Yeah, Saracens in full Saracens mode would be difficult. This is yeah. no. Uh, this is no fifty-two forty-eight. This is a thirty-one percent to sixty-nine percent in favour of it's Gloucester's year next year. Yeah, uh, it is yeah. next year. It is that next does year. feel See, right. Our audience, does... know, you know what you're talking about. Yeah, uh, they need to sign probably two more players. <laughs> but where though? They, they've not got many. Many. Maybe uh, another hooker holes. Maybe. Why not? Yeah. But they've got cover in every position. Yeah, good depth in every position. Like We we mentioned um, Woody Hines being great, and I think Woody Hines is great, but so is Ben Vallecott. Yep. So, anyway, they beat... And so is Callum Brayley. Yeah. So they beat... um, They beat Exeter next week, and they're pretty much through. They'll be very well placed. Yeah. Right, I want to play you something. I want to jump to a club that's that's not had a great time of it. Ooh, uh, ooh, okay. Oh, well, whilst you're doing that, let's just um, let's just mention that my boys just out in a town just outside of Venice beat Harlequins in the Challenge Cup. Yep, and also I don't know if you noticed this. Um, Sale put fifty points on on on, on Bordeaux. Both, both the teams you support had a good weekend. Well, um, I, I, I do support uh, Treviso. There is, there is no doubt about that. Um, well, yes, um, and the general message is: get to the quarterfinals and you get on telly. And other than that, be better. Yep. So you get in the Champions Cup. Uh, one side that are in the Champions Cup might have a struggle on their hands to make it again is Leicester Tigers. Have a listen to this from Manu Tuolangi speaking to Leicester Tigers TV. As a club, 
take this forward. Um, but for me, if you're not going to support us while we're down, I don't want to see you when, when we're winning. What? Mm. If you're not going to support us when we're down... I don't want to see you when we're winning. Got to be careful with this sort of language, right? Because well, no, I like it. No, I, I don't actually. Because in terms of supporters, less you know, less Italian supporters are as good as they get. Now they do, they are demanding, but they are also still there. I mean, they're not not supporting supporting the. T- and they had a, they had good travelling support this weekend. Yeah, he was just referencing the before that he, to give a little bit more context. He was saying, yeah, well, obviously it's easy to say we don't. We don't see or read what people say, but you know it's there, and we do see it. So, I think the point being, he's saying is that it's been a hard time, and there is a bit of negativity around. And yeah, he, he was basically saying it's not like we're not trying our best, and if you can't support us now, don't bother. Well, they got a very good, or they put in a very good performance in patches this weekend in the dystopian speedball. Oh, I love it. So, does it not feel... So, having not been there, I can't comment properly, but does it not feel at times that the atmosphere is just flat because people are just, like, distracted with the screens? No, I... So... It, no, it feels like you should be given a remote control when you get there and you can control a player. Like, you're playing a <laughs> game of FIFA. I think it's amazing. So, um, people... On Twitter, you know, we're whinging about, oh, I, you know, I don't People like, on Twitter whinging, yeah, I won't yeah. have it, I don't believe well, I, you. Well, right. I, um, you know, I like my stadiums, you know, uh, without a roof or this, that and the other. And my answer to that would be, I don't want every stadium in the world to look like this, but I do want one of them yeah, to look like this. Yeah. And in the same way that I wouldn't want every uh, stadium to be dug into a city centre and surrounded by... Uh, Roman architecture like baths, but I do want one of them to be like that. And if I yeah. and if I want if I want a stadium like that, then I want Finn Russell and Simon Zebo to oh, be playing in it. They were yeah. amazing. They were absolutely amazing. So you know, it just works. I, and if you listen to, listen to the commentary team today, uh, Nick Mullins in particular was, uh, I think, rather enamoured by by uh, by the whole experience because uh, it wasn't freezing cold. It's just it's just <laughs> oh, yeah, that's a good point. It's all air conditioned, allegedly. Um, yeah, it's just it's great. It's it's amazing, and the rugby that they play in there is also amazing. Yeah, I'm a big fan. But Leicester played very well this weekend, and I, so I was not expecting. Hmm. So they got they got four tries. Yep, they scored four good tries. Yep, and they, despite having two yellow cards, uh, they managed to hold Racing to 36 points. So it was, it was a 10 point loss. Doesn't it say absolutely everything? I agree with you. Everything they stuck at it. But doesn't it say everything that people have been praising Leicester after they lose by 10 points in the European Cup? It does. It is a, a turnaround. But then they lost by 30. 40. Yeah, they lost yeah. by 30 points yeah. to Bristol yeah. last last weekend. Yeah. So it is a remarkable turnaround. Uh, yeah. So actually, I think that this game in some ways actually suited them quite, quite nicely because I was looking at how it was unfolding. And Rassing, I mean, I don't know how you coach that team. I, I simply don't. So half of their play... Is the nine Crack gives up in the champagne and put the blazers on ex- ex- exactly? <laughs> but it's like half of it is the nine gives the ball to a forward who comes crashing into as close as close to the ruck as you can po- possibly get, and then they throw six, like six different offers. Give it Nakarawa, yeah, yeah, give it Leone, but they're amazing. And they're just you know, or, or Classens or any of these lads, uh, you know, the ball's going everywhere, and I just don't know how that is coached. 
you do need a lot um, a lot of talent in order to pull it off, and Leicester have a lot of talent. So I actually, I actually thought if it just breaks down into basically a 15-man game of sevens, Leicester are pretty well placed to do okay. Well, you saw that from the, the Adam Thompson try at the end, yeah. which c- was so close to being a racing try. It was one pass away from the racing try, but George Ford intercepts. He goes 40 yards. He then kicks for the corner. Zebo just beats him to a foot race, but he, him and Thompson... Yeah, that was very close. Oh, yeah, I mean, and that, then that the... Could, that could have been seven points in either direction. Yeah, and there was, there was loads of times when, you know, one team is on the front foot and then the ball is stripped. The, the amount of turnovers in this game, I've not seen the stats, but it felt like there was, there a, was lot. a lot. There were, there were definitely uh, a lot. But, you know, so, yeah, it was a 10-point loss, but I actually think Leicester were not really in it that much. I think they were, they, it was a 10-point loss because Racing were, you know, kind of uh, a little bit generous with, with their ball. I'm going to make a slight interlude here. Yes, please. It's uh, how, how many days till Christmas? It's two weeks on Tuesday. Yeah, something, like that. something like that. My word, it's, it's it's fast approaching. So, firstly, if you want a really really good deal on some free beer to Ooh. get you through that festive period with your family, Twitter.com/slash/rugbypodcast. That's Twitter.com/slash/rugbypodcast. All the details there of how you can get some free beer. Just as a thank you for listening all this year um, from our friends at Beer Fifty Two, they've got a great offer. Uh, go and fill your boots. All the details are there. You just go to um, well, it's beer52.com slash egg. You can find out all the details, but you just pay postage, eight free beers, fill your boots as a thank you. Uh, and also Cornerstone, who've been supporting us all this year again, helping us make sure the, the equipment in the rugby dungeon isn't, well, is, is working to a degree. Yes. <laughs> it's semi-serviceable. audio work. Anyway, um, yes. And, corner, and what's more, two weeks from Christmas, perfect Christmas gift, gift for... Um, your family, or just treat yourself. You deserve it for the Works Christmas party. Get yourself a precision-engineered German razor, weighty aluminium shaft. Stands up there on your your bathroom shelf, engraved with your initials. You get the shaft for free. You get six beautiful razors that will do you a great job uh, in a presentation box, and you get that for less than the cost of a pint. Four quid. It's a no-brainer. Cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers. That's cornerstone.co.uk slash eggchasers or... Egg 10 checkouts. I'm going to mention. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Talk H. Ooh. I went to watch uh, some mini rugby today. It was uh, Broughton Park versus Tok H. Okay. Did we Tok H? The... the JB Dorby, they call that now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to say which team it was because I don't want to shame anyone because that's not, that's not... I'll shame them. That's not what I'm trying to do here. 
But um, you need to have a word with, um, just generally put the word out of Tok H that, about what rugby's about. Because uh, I've never seen this before. And I saw a, a dad walk onto the pitch and drag his son off it because he thought the referee wasn't protecting his son enough. What? Now, in our defence, you've got to remember, we are the most achingly middle-class team maybe ever to play the game. Outside of London, certainly. On on the Didsbury High Street, there is a... Wait, is it Waitrose or is it M&S Food? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I mean, I am... I'm staggered. One, I'm staggered. Uh, I'm absolutely gobsmacked that that's a thing. So, he took his son off. So he, because he wasn't being protected in, 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 what, in so what respect? His, uh, his son tried to tackle um, a player with the ball. Okay, and check. then it was kind of a sort of Morley type thing. And one of the other team, the Broughton Park team, grabbed the guy that was trying to tackle his player and pulled him off, and the guy fell onto the floor. So kind of ragdolled him a little bit. It might have been naughty. What, what I said, I, I actually, I, I actually strolled over and just said to the guy, I, I actually said, "You may be right." You may think that, and you may be right, but I don't think it's appropriate to be stood in front of a load of players saying that the referee is, is absolutely terrible. right. I said that's. The, so I said, you may be right, but that's not. No, no, about, he's that's, wrong. That's not what. Well, no, no, he's but, wrong. But that's not how you like fire and fire in that situation doesn't work, does it? So I said, you may have a point. You may be right, but that's not rugby values, and you need. And I don't think that's appropriate. Uh, and, that is and awful. They, and he, they left. They walked off the pitch. So. Anyway, I'm sure this sort of thing happens all the time, but if it's a little tiny sign that there are elements of this creeping into rugby, grassroots level is quite often a good place to see what... Well, there is... Like, okay, so there, there has definitely been a change in the lower league games. I'll give you an example. Oh, yeah, how's it changing? Because me and Phil haven't played for yeah, years. several years. Several years. So I'll give you an example, right? Uh, and you, you, know, you, you, will, you will identify with this. But you know, we were doing a, a, a pitch inspection yesterday, and there were some there were some lads saying, "Oh, I, I can't play, uh, I can't play, play in this." Just, a, like, it was just wet. It was just wet. And I think now the the, the the default position is to talk about health and safety or welfare or some such thing. I just think get on with it. I mean, the whole point of rugby is to get on with it. You you don't you very rarely in your mid-40s talk about the game where the pitch was perfect. You always talk about the, the game where it was either snowing or the ground was rock hard. Yeah, freezing or, cold, miserable, Yeah, because that's the rain. point in it. The whole point is it's meant to be miserable. You're not meant to enjoy the game. It's like drinking, neg- uh, it's like drinking Negronis. You're not, you're not meant to enjoy them. You do it because it builds the, team spirit. Or the pain is the enjoyment in, in and of itself. Egg- the challenge that you overcome. Yeah, so I'm, I'm talking to someone... Like, like those sour Negronis that Phil Plyder Yeah, with. I mean, yeah. what is the point in playing this game if you're not going to be absolutely miserable for 80 minutes? Uh, <laughs> Do you remember that round on Friday night, the uh, Furnet Brankers that I bought? Oh, what's a uh, Furnet Oh, they were Branker, horrific. <laughs> it's like a... I do remember them. It's like a, an Italian herbal liqueur type thing. Very mentholy. It's like medicine. Disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. Absolutely disgusting. But yeah, I'd do them again. <laughs> do them again. <laughs> so yeah, as for, yeah, maybe that kid shouldn't be playing rugby and maybe his dad shouldn't be down at the rugby club. That's on what I on that one, I heard... Um, uh, can I name names? I, th- I think it's all right to... Well, no. 
Well, this, I mean, this is what if the audience you, if you worried about. I mean, the audience. Yeah. I mean, the audience. I mean, I know you say that the audience don't want to hear me talk about sell shocks, but they do want to hear about under eights, talk H, Broughton Park. So come on, <laughs> Let, let's no, really dig into I, it. I was I was chatting with someone on Friday night after the Edinburgh game who was telling me that um, there was a very very high profile international player in. I think this is all right to say. Hit pause. Uh, okay. Well, right, so that was a little pause. So yeah, yeah, you can definitely say. Phil's just said this was in an autobiography. So, and I think it's great anyway, and people will love it. And I'm sure the guy in question will love it. But um, the Wales team during the World Cup, when they got to the semi-finals and could have got to a final, one of the big reasons there was all the talk in the press was about Sam Warburton being um, teetotal. Is he teetotal? Is that a thing? is that is that true? He he Warburton was. So professional. I, mean, I can imagine he doesn't well drink before training. I mean, that yeah. doesn't surprise me. And suddenly that got that got put into newspaper stories that the Wales team are teetotal. They 100% weren't. And a massive part of the camaraderie of that side is they used to have these... One particular player would organise these drinking clubs and would say, I'm going to be sat in this bar or this place at, f- uh, at five this evening. Anyone wants to join me? More than welcome. And you would have these massive... Drinking clubs, team bonding sessions, team yep. bonding, yeah, and and that's credited. I think you said Martin Williams in his autobiography says as Ma- much. Yeah, Martin Williams was definitely part mentioned of it. the bonding of uh, of that side. Yeah. yeah, so I'm gonna say something, and I'm sure they had the what, what was the drink you had? <laughs> Fenet Brankers. I'm sure. I'm sure they know their way around a Fenet Branker that well team. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, all I want to say is uh, I know it's not the most trendy opinion, but drinking culture is important. Like that's why everyone does it. That's why the armed forces. You know, go drinking. That's why rugby clubs go drinking because it's it is important. It, uh, talk H. We have front front row beers. So as soon as soon as the game finishes, anyone that's played front row is immediately entitled to a front row beer, which is the most disgusting beer that I can find. You just think like a salty kiss. Ooh, delicious! And that's a nice touch. Did you make that? Up? Did you invent that? Yeah. So we start with front, with front row beers. I like that. But it's now uh, expanded to uh, there's backline wine. <laughs> uh, uh, and there's another one as well, but I, I can't remember what it is, and they'll kill me for this. Back row, something or other. That's, but yeah, that certainly beats some of the ways that we were encouraged to drink beer at Broughton Park, JB. <laughs> <laughs> well, we said if we win the league this year, I'm going to put up Joe you know, those like '60s optics that you that used to have in uh, uh, in pubs. We're going to put those up in a in a in our changing room. Amazing. Yeah. Love it. A set of five, five optics. How, how can I hint at what we had to do? Well, no, no, I didn't do it, but some players partook in it after a very, very hot, very, very sweaty end of season game. Oh, I wasn't there for this one. Um, there was a particular way that the beer was um, administered into your mouth. <laughs> yeah, down, down, the, down the back of a player. Yeah. And then however it would get from the back of the player, wherever gravity would take it, into your mouth. <laughs> I did not partake, but lots of people willingly did. No, it's not an option, is it? It's not an option. Yeah. You don't get a choice in the matter normally. No, no you don't. No. Uh, is there any more actual rugby that we need yes. to about? Yes, lots. Yes. With whom? Ulster. Oh, Ulster. 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 Pride, pride Ulsterman. <laughs> what an amazing and wholly unexpected result this was. Well, not if you know anything about Will Addison. <laughs> well... Will you Addison. were warned, Will Addison. So that Will Addison was sensational. Will Addison was was man of the match. He was deserved man of the match. There, there were other players who could have got it: Hendo, uh, Kurtzia, Timoney, Rory Best. The, the whole pack stood up. Treadwell stood up well as well. Mm. Um, 
but the back line and the back line so they didn't get a huge number of opportunities but when they did Stockers, Addison, Spate, Billy Burns, Cooney took them phenomenally well and to get a bonus point win away at Scarlet's is a hell of a result do you know anything about John Cooney? Uh, he was an Ulsterman, wasn't he? Oh, no, sorry, he was a Leinster. Leinster, then Connacht, then... Well, uh, you'll have to hold hold on, because I, mean, I think I'm due to interview him in, in in a few weeks. Oh, really? But I've heard some absolutely fascinating things uh, things about him. So, like, very good charitable deed things. Okay. But I'm not going to say, because if I've got it wrong, I'm going to sound like an absolute idiot. But yeah, well, he's a that very... Would very be, that would be very much in the mould of Ruan Pina. Oh yeah, yeah. Very yeah. Community yeah. minded. But he sounds like he sounds like an absolutely lovely guy. So one thing I did see this week was, uh, or maybe last week. So John Cooney does. There's some small. I think it's a Renault dealer or some small car dealer in Northern Ireland that sponsored him, and he does like his uh, Monday skills school, where he goes out in one of their cars and does like some. Kick up challenge or oh, crossbar cross challenge. Just some donuts. No, no. <laughs> <around> the <field. laughs> it's like cheesy. Uh, sorry, is it skills with a Z? <laughs> it's, it is like that. Yeah, this cheesy video of him uh, taking one of their cars to the training pitch and then doing a little skills challenge. Nice. And Stockdale Stockers did a piss take version of it. It is brilliant. You have to watch the two of them together, but it's worth... I think it's on Stocker's Instagram and Cooney's Instagram. We will definitely have a look at that. Definitely. The first bit where... So Cooney, as he's walking out of the showroom, shouts, keys, and catches the keys and, like, struts <laughs> out. And uh, Stocker's shouts, keys, and they like, hit him in the face, bounce off him, and just struts <laughs> out. Do you remember the one... There's a very similar one. So the NFL did a fantasy football uh, advert. Oh uh, yeah, where they had like guys catching it with blindfolds. And yeah, and they're yeah. punching through walls and pick yeah. me, pick me. So then the All Blacks All did Blacks one, did it, yeah. and then the Australians did a piss take of the All Blacks one, yeah. which was absolutely brilliant. Yeah, that was really good. Mm. Uh, so you must, so be pretty, you must be pretty happy with this. You're delighted. Second, second to Racing uh, with Scarlet's return game, and Scarlet's who again they're in very much similar position to Exeter Chiefs. They are. Uh, it's unlikely for them to go through. Mathematically possible, but yeah. very unlikely. Yeah. Mm. So, good position for for Ulster. Just, just nothing guaranteed. But if they can continue this form, if get get a win against Scarlets at home, then very well positioned to qualify. But this, this was a really, really good game, and it was the forwards did very well. The defence was very, very good. When they uh, get their guys out on the field, which they haven't been able to do as, as, consistently. as consistently, no, they're, they're they can they're a dangerous team. Yeah, and it, and how how many England how many England based rugby fans know the name Dan McFarland? Not many. Not there'll many. Be a, there'll be a few uh, Scottish Glasgow fans will know him. Yep. yep. Uh, a few Ulster fans now will know him, but yeah, not too yeah, many. So an English coach that's doing a well, starting to have an impact. Is he English? I thought he was yeah, Scottish. He was English. No, he was coaching it. I'm sorry, is he a Yorkshireman? No, I think I've he's like oh, come from Oxfordshire, something like oh, that. Right. Oh, good for him. Um, yeah, it's just a shame, really. Scarlets find themselves as they are because I think last year one of the more special games in the whole competition was Scarlets against La, uh, La, Rochelle. La Rochelle. That yeah. was a great game, and also just felt like finally the Welsh are getting included again at high level Euro- European rugby. It looks like we're going to have another year of uh, that's not been the case. Yeah. Yeah, and not a way that Wayne Pivak would have wanted to 
go out at Scarlet's in no. Europe anyway. So no. Oh, and, and they've appointed their next coach. Yeah, um, more. More from uh, Crusaders, whoever he is. I'm sure he's very, very good. Is he? Uh, sorry, is he from Crusaders? He's from Canterbury. I thought he was the assistant coach at Crusaders. Don't know. But... Couldn't tell you for the life of me. Now, I've, you've come on this journey with us listening to the podcast, so I will say this as well. I've, I've got a, speaking of Ulster, I've got a debut on Friday. Oh. Uh, um, presenting the Ulster v Scarlet's game. Right, so Ooh. what is the difference? Right, what is the difference in roles between the presenter and well, what you, you do? You only see my wrist, normally. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, the, well, you, you, see, you know what, you can see what Sarah and... Martin Bayfield and Craig Doyle. Yeah, do. but they're not all. They're not all doing the same. Together. They're not all doing the same thing, are they? they are so, really, are, yeah. are you yeah, doing right the Craig way. Doyle role, and then you have two guys with you, like two, like an ex, a player and an ex-player? Yeah, there'll be, there'll be a guest, at least a guest. Who, who, who do you like your guest to be? Uh, Someone I'm, insightful. I'm quite happy. Me, like, <laughs> Stephen Ferris. Ferris would be a good one. Yeah. Although I'd, I'd look really small next to him. So Andrew Trimble. Trimble's not a small lad. No, he's not a small. He's he's a solid, solid. I'd go with um, you. Stood stood next to uh, Jerome Kano. Or well, Cheslin Colby was in between. Yeah, I made sure I put Cheslin Colby in between you. I'd go. um, So my perfect panel. Absolutely massive Kano. Yeah. Oh my, he's frightening. He's a phenomenal. My perfect panel then would be uh, Colby. It would be Faf and Aaron (laughs) Smith. (laughs) Shane Williams in there. Yeah, Mag- Sean Williams. Maggie Alfonsi. Yeah, yeah. Per- yes, perfect. <laughs> Ideal. You can throw me on that panel if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so if that if that incites you to to watch, it's a shame it's not going to be as much because that looked like it could have been a like Scarlet's. It could have been that pool looked like it could have gone right down to the wire. But I mean, for well, Ulster, it is uh, Ulster. But my, I guess my concern is last season we were probably in a very similar position to this. Three games in, yeah, that's true. And uh, we might have even been in a better position than this. Three games in, and still conspired to blow it. So take nothing for granted because it is a tough pool. And if 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 Leicester, so Leicester have won one game. If they, which is it's unlikely, but it's not impossible. If they beat Racing, then all of a sudden the pool becomes much more competitive. Yeah, and the problem with Leicester is they're rubbish, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that is a problem. That you, is a problem. Right. What do you really think? Uh, but they're not rubbish. So what I mean by that is when you when you're rubbish, but you're full of good players, you can sometimes take it for granted that this team is just going to roll over. But and they've got guys just, who can just score from anywhere. Exactly. Like the, the, the Thompson try, like the Tuolagi try. Yeah. They're not really that rubbish, is basically what I'm saying. Yeah. And if, if you give Johnny May any ball in any space, well, look at George Ford. I mean, even though they're getting battered, oh. I they still think George Ford's. An, an immense player. Yeah, hell of a player. I'd say one of my favourite bits of the whole weekend with the rugby, actually, was that Ellis Genge carry. Yeah, it was so good. When, when he'd, oh, been, yes. he'd been off, he'd been simbin for 10 minutes, like stewing, building up all this this rage and anger. His first carry went through about five plays. The, it does the help. yak on that carry yeah. was amazing. It does help when Manu's carrying you. It does help. when I think I could run quite far if Manu was carrying me. <laughs> um, Oh, do you want to talk about um, Leicester Tigers' speculation? Oh, yeah. Ooh, yes. So Sorry, I'm yeah. just watching. Hold on one second. I'm just watching. Oh, final play of the game. Rugby passes. Miami Dolphins. Oh, oh are they going to do it? Are you watching this live? Oh, my word. A Miami miracle. 
using rugby passes, backwards, two backwards passes on the final play of the game, Miami Dolphins beat the New England Patriots. Ah, is that what it was about? On I've actually seen some tweets tweets relating to this. Miami miracle is a whoa. Anyway, rugby rugby yeah. wins rugby so, wins again. So can I just say about um, watching American football players trying to pass a ball like a rugby ball is almost as tragic as watching rugby rugby players kick a football. Have you ever seen rugby players, <laughs> particularly privately educated rugby players who come from like you know I don't know Millfield? If you ever see them try and play five a side, it's tragic. Danny Kerr's good. And Danny Cipriani. Danny Cipriani's mm. good. Mm. And, and Mark Quaito. But for the, for, the, for the majority of them, props, people like that, it's just garbage. It's, it's garbage. Um, yeah, so Leicester Tigers speculation. Leicester Tigers, yes. So, well, well, the, the various rumours are, initially, earlier this week, it was Mike Ford. I believe Mike Ford's still in the conversation, yes. And then today, in the rugby paper, by the uh, ever-reliable... Uh, sorry, sorry, let's be clear. I tweeted it first. I tweeted it last night. What, Paul... Paul Gustard? Yes. What, because Neil Fistler told you last no. night? No. So you got it from a different source? Yeah. You, well, okay. All right, we'll get on to that. So the ever-reliable... It'd be, it'd be a pretty poor show, wouldn't it, if Neil yeah. Fistler told me his story yeah. and I went and tweeted it? <laughs> all right, fine. The, the, uh, the ever-reliable, um, never-wrong Neil Fistler um, in the rugby paper today said... Oh, whoa, whoa, hang on. The, the very rarely wrong Jonathan Beardmore yesterday tweeted. <laughs> Start with that. Okay. JB tweeted. Thank you. Um, uh, the, Paul Gustard is not going to Leicester Tigers. It's a. This is an absolute. This is rubbish. I, I'm willing to put it on the board. If I had a board, I'd put it on the board. There's no, there is no way. So here's how, here's how I understand it to be going. Right. Um, you've got. There's going to be a meeting. To, there's going to be a meeting tomorrow. <laughs> right. It's going to be an emergency meeting. Uh, basically, the two power blocks here are the players. And then the management structure that Leicester have put in place. And the players allegedly want to bring in Mike Ford. Um, and then uh, it seems to be I that... I don't believe any of this. Why? I just don't I mean, believe... Mike Ford is such an obvious one. Oh, no, no. I, and, and if that were the case, I would actually welcome him because... I think Mike Ford would be a tremendous his appointment stock, His stock went down a bit, but actually, you look... Actually, Bath in a semi-final... In, uh, sorry, in Bath a in a final. premiership final now looked pretty tidy... And losing to Saracens and England, you know, he's got England yeah. on his CV. He's, like, a, he's a high quality coach. He's a great coach. Um, I, you know, he came, he went to England, didn't he? Uh, this is what I find interesting about him. And actually, you'll hear him on the Rugby Dungeon ne- uh, ne- next week, right? Um, Mike Ford on the Rugby Dungeon. Yeah. yeah. Wow. That, 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 that says to me that it's not happening to Leicester. <laughs> Thanks, Tim. Because um, <laughs> he'd want to keep his powder very, very dry. Well, he hasn't told me. He hasn't said, like, let's. Until let, the ink was dry. Yeah, let, let's go for a chat and let me tell you all about the job that I don't have yet. Uh, he's not done that. Um, no, I, I didn't mean that disparagingly. I just meant if he, if he was in the running and it was possible, he would be. I oh, think, he's definitely in the running. I think he'd definitely. Pulling, I think he'd be pulling right back from anything like that. Um, I can't remember what I was going to say. Yeah, Sorry. so the interesting thing about him is he kind of made his name, didn't he, as a defence coach. But when I think about Mike Ford now, I think of just crazy you know, attacking patterns and chaos and rugby league lines and all that sort of stuff. And PowerPoint presentations. And PowerPoint fantastic presentations. But yeah. isn't it amazing? It one fantastic offering. I mean, I, all roads lead to Burgess. But if um, you know, Mike Ford goes to Leicester and then uh, Lancaster goes, say, to Bath for the rest of the season, where does Burgess go? <laughs> I mean, it's going to be a straight fight. 
Yeah. Um, I know where Carl Ferns doesn't go. <laughs> yeah. Plaster Tigers. Not Plaster Tigers, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, so... Yeah, it's an interesting one. I think Mike Ford is a far better fit. Um, I'm kind of with you on this, Tim, that the Gustard thing just seems it just too far-fetched, surely. So the way I'm reading it is Tigers trying to line up Gustard. There is nothing... Because I, I think that is not impossible. I think there is absolutely no way that Gustard would go. Simply because... He's only been at Harlequins for six months. And yeah. what can it's a man bad look, isn't it? It's, it's a terrible look. If it doesn't go well at Leicester, it's Leicester, if he did it and it didn't go well at Leicester, it's such a bad look to stick with someone for six months and then jump ship. But and where's his, his heart first at? job as um, DOR as well. well? Because he does love... Well, I don't say... I'm not sure if he loves the Tigers or not, but he is a Tigers guy. Right. When, when rumours like this come out, and I th- I'm putting this on the BS pile. This is just there's nothing. There's, this is rubbish. Okay. I, I mean, I may well be wrong and look really stupid in weeks to come, months to come. But when you have have rumours like this come out, I, the question I always think is, who stands to gain from this coming out? Because I don't think people get in touch with these people that release this news. I don't think people get in touch with them, or you maybe. I don't know. I don't think people get in touch with them out of the goodness of their heart. There's there's something that someone stands to gain somewhere from a bit of news being put out, whether uh, it's true or false. Well, maybe, but so who stands to gain from? Well, I don't see who stands to gain. That's why because it's so it's so outrageous. That's what makes me think it, it you know that it might it might be true because it's well, just such a shot in the dark. It, yeah, as I say, it would not surprise me if Leicester would make enquiries about that alongside others. Probably someone like Lancaster, someone like Mike Ford, and probably a few other Southern Hemisphere coaches. I just can't. See, I just cannot see it happening. Mike Ford. I, I just. I can't get. I can't get past the Mike Ford thing. It just makes too much sense. There's already two Fords there. You know, I, the rule of three. Exactly. Yeah. And he's and he's good, and he can help develop jo- uh, jo- Jordan Murphy. It'd be fine. It'd be. It'd be good. So that, that's that's what I think Tigers should should do. Whether they do it or not, I don't know. But the Gustard thing would be that that would be awesome, just for the just for the drama. <laughs> it, it, there would be some drama. Oh, such a bad look if he did it. They'd have to offer him mega mega money. Well, okay. even then. So just uh, you know, with Leicester wherever they are in the league, so on and so forth. Does this sort of confirm? Well, it confirms to me that Leicester Tigers are still the biggest club. In England, if they could pull off taking Gustard from Harlequins, who are themselves no small club, right? That would confirm to me that although they're on a little bit of a, a downward slope at, at the moment, they are still the kings of England in terms of the size of that club. Well, it wouldn't to me because could you imagine someone like Saracens doing something like this? It's a good point. And they are no, the, I they, they are the kings of England. No, they would be Saracens would be better organised and better run. And if, say, Mark McCall took the England job, I imagine they would probably pr- promote with, from within and then bring some new players up to that tier. But so Sanderson would probably step up. They'd pr- bring in some some new talent that would do that lower level and develop everyone you properly. Know, Sanderson is the, is the lad that I think should be poached sooner rather than later by someone want, wanting a head coach DOR type. Maybe a head coach to start with. If he wants it. If he wants it, yeah. I'd have him. De- definitely, I'd have him at Treviso. I think, I think, I, th- I think he'd work well, work well at Sale. He probably could work well at Sale. Mm. 
Uh, uh, that was interesting. Um, we do have a little bit more rugby. I, 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 I could look very silly going so, so, but I think we're all sort of saying it smells. It just doesn't make sense. But it, it doesn't make sense from Gustav's side no, at, all. at all. Not even close. Um, the other games that we've not touched on. Munster, yeah. Munster had a very good win against Cast. Mm-hmm. They failed to get a bonus point, which they'll be disappointed at. It was 30 points to five, and Cast only scored in the 81st minute. So um, it was all Munster, but they didn't get the bonus point. Saracens had a first-half scare against Cardiff Blues. Good game, this. Thanks to a Blaine Scully try and a phenomenal Matthew Morgan try. Yeah. With a little bit of ropey tackling from... From who? Uh, Wigglesworth, Farrell and Good. Oh, okay. Um... So Cardiff got absolutely battered. They did second half. Second half. I tell you what, I was watching this game first, first off, half. and I was like, Cardiff are a nightmare to play against. Like they didn't. I mean, looking at their, looking at their team, uh, yeah, okay. So there's, there are some lads there that play rugby. Um, <laughs> it point. isn't it isn't their their best team, but you know, I guess you know, same same goes for Saracens. Not their best team either, but it's just in their blood. They play a very awkward style of rugby. They're all over the breakdown. They're an absolute nightmare. Uh, I imagine them being quite quite dangerous once they get everyone back. But yeah, first off, fine. Second half, utter domination. Absolute and I, beatdown. I yeah. think Saracens just worked out what what they needed to do. And those wide channels, well, the, uh, Cardiff were non-existent. The wind was a big part of it. Do you think? Yeah, yeah it was because Cardiff. Didn't kick in the second half really. They they, had to, they were forced to sort of kind of run it out of their half and just just battered. Yeah. The other thing which I like about Saracens for all the chat about them being you know boring and systematic. I mean they go out there with three guys who can legitimately play ten at Premiership level, and that and that's why it's so exciting. And I love watching Brad Barrett. I just love he he adds so much to to that team. Well, to that backline and to that team. He should be he should be with England. <laughs> He played very well. He did, but he just, he's just uncomplicated. You just go, and, and it, it also makes me think how insane it was to ever put a thirteen on his back. <laughs> yeah, he's not a thirteen. He's not a thirteen, but he's so they, he's just got, so solid. They've got other guys who can play thirteen, like Lozowski, like Tompkins, who came on. Yeah, uh, the boy who came on and made the biggest difference was Ben Earl. Yeah, two tries almost two immediately. Tries and, and great mates is looking good, isn't he? Yeah, mates he is looking good. Superb. Yeah. And they they just I look at that team and I just think they're they're missing a uh, a utility back. They're really, really struggling. <laughs> yeah, couldn't agree more. They're missing someone that could play full back wing or centre. Because <laughs> they're just light in all those positions. Uh God, I, imagine I, I did I did put those rumours to Dai Young, who whose response was if I responded to every rumour that there was, we'd miss kickoff. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and Correct. I, I, I asked him a couple of subsequent questions. Um, so um, he was very miserable t- today. Yes, Not today, yesterday, yesterday. Sorry. Oh, I every time, every time. Well, both Dean Richards, who was not happy with EPCR, yeah. Um, Die Young, who I'm sure would just love to talk about the game, just. He, they're all with, with rugby so lucky because these guys all come out front up, are really honest and and amenable, and I, I I've just got so much respect for Dai Young. I think he's a great great guy, but he 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 couldn't talk about these rumours, but he couldn't deny them either. So who who knows? I, I mean, so I'm just going to read this backline, okay? 
And I'm going to, so actually, 13 Alex Lazowski, 14 Maitland, 11 Lewington, 15 Good. Where would someone like Elliot Daly play? Who who misses out? Uh, Maitland or Lewington, probably. But then also Liam Williams has got to come into that line. Oh, my word. Yeah. But it, it's it's about rotation. It is about rotation. But if you're in a final, you're going to pick your best guys. Yeah, and and Daly and Liam Williams on the wings makes that back line stronger. Oh, crikey, yeah. Just... Oh, my goodness. How do you... Yeah. I like Maitland, though. I do. Maitland is playing some good stuff. But is it a nominee so, for try so the year? Marcello Bosch, I imagine, is going to might retire. He's coming towards the end of his career. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So is it is he there as an outside centre? That's my thinking. Possibly. Yeah, and Alex Lovowski moves around a bit. Well, well, because you've got yeah, you've got Tompkins actually centres one area where and Duncan Taylor hasn't played. You, you might see yeah. him. Yeah. So you've got Duncan Taylor. Um, Youngish Tompkins, who's probably not that young Nick anymore. Nick Tompkins, who's a solid squad player. Twenty-three, I think. Oh, to- still if, if I was a if I was a club like Leicester Tigers, I would just think Nick Tompkins. They there's a, there's a man to target. Do you know who I would have to- targeted uh, if being Leicester Tigers or Sale or Treviso? Um, Ollie Lawrence before he signed signed that um, adult contract. Yeah, I'll have you please, Ollie Lawrence. He's going to be a good boy. Mm. Oh, by the way, uh, Ollie Lawrence might get a bit more game time as well because Ben Teo uh, is in New Zealand resting. Good, thank God After for that. 28 minutes playing for Worcester this season. Ten, ten grand a minute. <laughs> it's amazing, isn't it? it it's just, it, part of me really resents that. Like, you need to play well for your club. Uh, you es- need- especially when you, you are the premier, you are the marquee signing. You uh, are- do, do you think Alan Solomons has gone, actually, you're going to be a distraction, Ben, just go away? <laughs> because I don't understand the logic of it. Yes, he. So Alan Solomon's point was he's only played half an hour of rugby, and he's had two get two and a half games or whatever it was for England. So his body's going to be feeling that. What? But, but it just it just doesn't look good. He's going, a professional athlete. Go yeah. to New Zealand. Go to the side of the you've planet. Been re, you've been rehabbing. You played half an hour. Now you've played for England. Go to New Zealand. I, I'd almost be going. Come and hold tackle bags. Yeah, you don't have to play, but come and really muck in yeah. and help these help help Ollie Lawrence. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Talk you, to Ollie Lawrence about the, his running lines, yes. his defensive positioning. Do, do you know who wouldn't wouldn't that would be the allow that. The, the professional thing? I, mean, I just from Moose's point of view as well. They're not a club in profit. This guy is who they've got in town is very expensive. I just can't imagine letting him go away. I, 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 it baffles me. Got to really get your value. Yeah, I mean, have, really. I've been mean, I mean, cutting the pitches, I've been painting lines, well, sweeping yeah. the changing I mean, rooms. Obviously, <laughs> the team that I see the most of, uh, some of their training days and so forth, is, is Sale. And, like, the, just the thought of having a player like that not coming to training for whatever reason just wouldn't happen. It's fine. I, 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 and as I said, it's absolutely fine if Alan Summers is I'm not going to play him for a couple of weeks because he needs to. Get ready for the Six Nations. He needs to get ready for Six Nations. <laughs> 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 But it's just an odd. It's an odd look. But hey, what do yeah. I know? What do I know? It is bloody bizarre. I wonder if England are reimbursing him for this. What if he's effectively England's only professional player? It feels. It feels something like that. <laughs> Full time England contract. Yeah. Anyway, um, the other games that we've not touched on: Toulon, uh, yeah. fairly comfortably in the end, beat uh, Montpellier, thirty-eight twenty-eight. But it was two two very late Naguza tries. 78 and 80th minute that made it more respectable. Mm-hmm. Glasgow had a very good win away at Lyon. 
on the yeah, road. Leon, 42-22. Really did, I've got to say, Leon are really, dis- really disappointed. Yeah. This year. I thought they were going to be a force, but uh, not so much. They're in a tough group, but... They are, they, but they will be di- 42 points. They will be disappointed. Uh, but Glasgow played very well, particularly young George Horn, the live wire scrum half. Mm. I really, really like him. Um... Is there any other? Was there any Friday night games we not mentioned? Uh, yeah, Glasgow. Uh, sorry, Edinburgh. Edinburgh Newcastle, which oh, you, you were working at. Took me ages to get away from Murrayfield. Such a so the roads are so clogged up after that. Oh, game. after the how many how many thousand fans in a seventy thousand seat stadium? Apparently eight. <laughs> allegedly, <laughs> allegedly eight. It's, I've never been to Murrayfield before. Never Have you not. So I was. So two of, things you've never seen the hack alive. Nope. And you still not seen, seen the hack alive, <laughs> despite going to a New Zealand game, uh, oh. not not two weeks ago. Oh. And uh, no, I hadn't been to Murrayfield, but I have now. And uh, yeah, it looks like a good stadium. I can imagine it'd be good when it's full. Um, but Edinburgh were were good; they're impressive. And um, yeah, so did you see the the EPCR kerfuffle? I've seen that. So Newcastle couldn't Newcastle field had, yeah. two tight head props. They couldn't field any tight head props. Any tight head props, okay. So they had to play a loose head prop at tight head. Okay. And they had only two front row on the bench. So, mm. they, ah. so they had no fit tight heads. Not, um, no, no. They had no fit tight heads who were registered in the European squad. Ah. Because in between the Tuesday 12pm deadline and the match on Friday night, they had three injuries. At front row, in, and in tight head prop. EPCR did not allow them to register any players. And Dean Richards' point was, it's not like I'm going out and getting a superstar. I'm putting in a guy from our academy who can play tight head. I thought you cared about health and safety. Well, yeah, that that's the question for me. Is it, So I can understand the rules being there for a reason, but when does this actually become a health and safety issue? Yeah. And if you're forcing someone to play 80 minutes who... Uh, doesn't have the experience necessarily and certainly doesn't have the stamina to be playing mm. 80 minutes of rugby. When does it become a health and safety issue? Equally, I can also I can see EPCR's point of view where they change the, the rules for that and then suddenly you can imagine a club going, oh, um, Montpellier, sorry, what, you, you've got a lad, you've got a, who's this young lad you want to bring in? Carl Heyman. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so someone would, as with everything, rules get bent and... At a point of for, for me, I just don't understand why they didn't just let him get registered. It's just an academy yeah. lad. Why? 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 The big, why do we need this paper chase? I know they can do. It, you can do it with a clause, as in the player has to be, or you could even just have a general caveat you, in there. It's like anyone can play. Just re- get registered. No, 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 not anyone. You could have it where they say yes in principle, but everything it's, oh, su- so, it's subject to scrutiny. So, Ham, so like what that. is so just the? So you can, you can keep the integrity of the. Yes. So, Ham, just so I know, what is the reasoning behind this? Is it because? It's just avoid players being cup tied and that kind of thing. So you can only register for one squad or have limited. Why? Why are they? There's a um, okay. So the European squad's forty players or forty-one players, something like that. Okay. And you have to name that, and you are allowed a certain number of interchanges throughout the whole campaign. Right. I think it might be three interchanges. Three times you can change players in and out, mm-hmm. individual players, and. And that's all that there is. And then every... Uh, but you have to do that, any interchanges, by Tuesday, midday. Why? Before a game. But yeah, that's... So the point around why, it will, will probably be to stop kind of what Tim was explaining before about the, the loan deals or the emergency signings, Ooh, that just, kind of yeah. stuff. 
well. it does. It certainly in this situation, it feels like it was unnecessary. If, if it, 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 it feels it, like greater minds could have prevailed here. Yeah, if there was an op- if there was a ch- chance to break the rules or bend the rules for a situation, this seems like one of them. Exactly right. Um, one so and that pool is quite quite finely balanced now. Very finely balanced. Very finely balanced. Yeah. Um, yeah, because Ed- Edinburgh and Newcastle have now both won two games. Uh, Montpellier and Toulon have both won one. But feasibly, any of those teams could qualify. Yeah. If anyone goes on a, a three-game streak now, they'll top the group. And it's probably not going to get a runner-up in that pool for that reason. Unlikely, yeah. Because you've got no one languishing at the bottom like a Scarlet's or a Leon or a Nexus Achieves or a Wasps. Hmm. Hmm. Right, next yeah. week's games. Can we do? Can we, oh yeah, yeah, of course. Can we do that and go home? Yeah, yeah. Very, yes. Very briefly, we've had a few people asking us about um, a tier two tour, and so I just, I just want to firstly, well, there is a very good reason why we haven't been able to make any hard and fast um, decisions on that. Partly the fixture list, and partly, yeah. Uh, I am expecting a baby around then. Well, your wife is. Well, yes, we uh, are. We are expecting <laughs> yeah. a baby. So. Yeah, it's uh, all pretty. Uh, so, so anyway, yeah. Obviously, the, the, the rugby podcast competition is uh, fierce at the minute, so we're having to grow our uh, grow our new uh, <laughs> grow new our, talent, right? Expand our own audience. Yes. Um, <laughs> but anyway, there, there are. I, I've well, so it'll be interesting to know at, at rugby podcast. Tweet us and tell us. So potential is Germany v Spain is on the Sunday after Super Saturday. Is it nice? Which I think Frankfurt is meant to be quite a good fun. Is it? Mm. It's Frankfurt meant to be good fun. Isn't it not nothing but an airport? It's the third biggest city and uh, I don't know. I don't know. Tell us, is Frankfurt a good night? I'm but, sure we could find a good night in Frankfurt. Yeah. Is, aren't there more and more bankers flooding to Frankfurt? Oh, yeah. It's maybe very grey and dull. In fact, that's why the bankers aren't going to Frankfurt. <laughs> it's too boring for, for, uh, for bankers. Anyway, well, so that's one possibility. Okay. The other one is in not the Rugby Europe Championship. Yes, and I'm interested. Tier 3. Tier 3, basically. So the Rugby Europe Trophy on the Super Saturday weekend, Czech Republic v. Netherlands. Netherlands are currently top of that. I bet their lineup's awesome. Is is that in Prague? (laughs) In Prague. Now that would interest me. I'm listening. It's currently on the Saturday. Same as Super Saturday. Yeah, so I'm sure if we gave a call to the Czech Republic <laughs> rugby authorities and said, hey, listen, we can put you on the map. Yeah, <laughs> big time. Move it to Sunday. Ooh, that sounds interesting. I really don't want to miss any rugby. I, you know, I'd be happy I just to go overseas and watch Super Saturday without going to a game, but that kind of isn't the spirit of it, is it? No. Do you know, I'm still mentally drained from our last trip. <laughs> I, think, I think I never want to go away. And I would never want to do that ever again. Oh, but it's such good fun. It was so, so good. much fun. Meeting all the amazing listeners. Uh, Holland it, v Portugal on the 9th of March is another one. Portugal v Poland in February, but that's during a rest week. I like, I like it has to be. It has to be, yeah. Super Saturday is so good. <laughs> like Having it on the Sunday after a Super Saturday is so good, which is why Germany, Spain... Is the front runner, isn't is it? front runner, yeah. So seven, that, that would be the weekend of the 16th, 17th of March. Yeah, I, I'm... Yeah. Also, I, I, I'd love to go back to Spain. Shame it doesn't work out in the way I well, hope. Spain v Romania is on a rest week as well. I might just go to that anyway. That'll be spicy. 3rd of March. Uh, yeah, no, we, we could get, just have a, a little splinter, a splinter tour to Madrid. Get it, some cheap flights to Madrid. Oh, do you know what? I might just go to that anyway because that's, that's, that's dynamite. And Madrid's ace. It'll be spicy. Yeah. It'll be so that, spicy. See, this is why, right? 
I, I know I've said it before, but this is why you keep your competitions intact because this is the history that you need to build in order to, you know, you really need some bad blood in there. And this is perfect. Well, Spain v. Romania is going to be spicy. No doubt. That's a, if they can get that one on the Sunday, that's what, that's what we should, that's what, what, what we should do. That is on Sunday. Oh. But it's in a rest week, I think. Rest week. Or is it? Yeah, no, it is. 3rd of March, there's no Six Nations games. Is there not? Oh, yeah, and the Six Nations correct. has got a new sponsor. We forgot to mention that. Yes, at an incredible loss. Um, they said, they stated, the Six Nations, they would not, like, we're, was it 50? Like, RBS had a huge deal with them before, and then they said, no, we, we will not accept less than £15 million or something they were looking for. They ended up going, getting having to go to Guinness for £6 million. They've lost a lot of money. But am I right thinking it increases every year until it exceeds the amounts mm. which uh, RBS were paying? I don't think so. Uh, I think it does. I think it increases year on year. So the first year is lower, but, I, but why even structure it in, in that way? Um, anyway, you, yes. Guinness and Heineken, do you reckon they just have like a slush fund knocking in, <laughs> you know, knocking around of a reasonable amount of money to give rugby for when it fails to attract the sponsor that it threatens to, threatens to attract? Yes. Then they come back with their tails between their legs. Actually, we will have that six million. Yeah, that's kind of what happened with the yeah. Champions Cup, isn't it? Oh, six million. Sorry, it's five. <laughs> that's kind of how this feels. It <laughs> feels it goes. Um, BA are doing a lot of rugby sponsorships now as uh, as well. I don't know if you noticed that. BA. Yeah, it's all over Twickenham. Like the BA oh, lounge and okay. I'm, in fact, I'm. I think BA might even be painting BA on the top of the stadium, so you can see it when you fly in. Nice. Hmm. Exciting stuff. Love that. Right, games. Games. Let's go, Phil. So they're they're obviously repeats of this weekend's, just with the reverse. Obviously. So we'll go through pool by pool, starting in pool one. Um, we've got at on Saturday at three fifteen to lose hosting Wasps. Toulouse. Toulouse, who are currently top of the group. 100%. Uh, Wasps, who are bottom of the group. So that, that looks like it's going to be a home win. And at 5.30 on Saturday, Leinster hosting Bath. I think Bath could be competitive. I don't, uh, they'll be competitive. Leinster are going to win. Leinster home. And I think Leinster five will be targeting point, five points. Five points. Yes. Uh, Bath, I'm sure, will show a decent account of themselves. But yeah, five points. Which would put... Toulouse and Leinster in prime spots for both qualifying out of that group. Yeah, and that game at, well, I don't know whether it's the Aviva or the RDS, but that's going to be tasty. Mm, yeah. Agreed. Hell of a game. Is oh. that last game or fifth game? It doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, no, last game is Leinster Wasps. Oh, oh yeah, because so that kicked five. off the tournament, didn't Whoops. it? <laughs> Ooh, yeah. That went well. <laughs> um, It'll be Wasps Leinster, but yeah, anyway. Pool 2. Uh, Friday night game, Friday night lights, seven forty-five. We've got Gloucester hosting Exeter Chiefs, which Gloucester. Give me Gloucester. I'm, 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 I'm sold. I'm on board. So Exeter will have a point to prove, big time. Even though they they look all but out, it is still mathematically possible, but they look all but out. They've just been well. They got out muscled this week. And outmuscled and outplayed. Um, yeah. To, to, if Ollie Woodburn goes for a proper ten-gallon hat, the next to win. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good shout. If he doesn't, then if he just wears a beanie or something, then they're losing. There's right. no, no chance. So what, Danny Wood Cipriani, right? Danny Cipriani wins the Premiership this year and the European Cup in Gloucester colours, and then a World Cup, 
and then doesn't get in the World Cup squad. <laughs> uh, it will just be the worst thing ever. I mean, it just incredibly incompetent. But Sippers last year and Sippers this year, what he's what he's got in common is, I mean, he's excellent anyway. But better coaching, really good scrum half, and re- and really uh, intelligent rugby brain twelves. Yeah, that yeah. is the perfect armchair for Sippers to sit in. And you look at how difficult George Ford's having it with or anyone, you know, a multitude of different people outside in at so 12. Why and, like... then, and then, well, Ben Young's got, well, got rested, quote-unquote. Yeah, so it works really well for them because these, these, these 12s that they have, uh, Williams or Atkinson or 12 trees. 12 trees, whoever it is, they're almost always the first receiver. From set set piece, and then Sippers does his magic. The next one round the yeah, back, he's ready, yeah. and they've got really good scrum half, so quick and there, yeah. and just in out ball gone. So yeah, uh, I like it. Uh, so at, who's at King's home? You'd have to say yeah. Gloucester. My well, money's on Gloucester. Gloucester. Uh, get, they're going to get battered now. <laughs> it, but that, if, that if, is if, also possible. If they're serious about winning something this year, they've got to win this game. Yeah, and if and if they do, they'll be all right. They'll yeah, they'll do fine. Um, the other game in that pool, Cast versus Munster, in Cast. Um, Cast, they've won one game. It does look unlikely that they'll qualify. Again, not impossible, but unlikely. So I think Munster will be up for this. Mm, Cast will be up for it at home. And we talk about coaches. One coach who should get start getting mentioned, not necessarily with a DOR job, but should get start getting mentioned is Joe Alabd. What an amazing job he's done at Cast. Uh, Cast. Because he's your mate. Yeah. But he's still done a brilliant job. Yeah, they're, they're well, win. hey, he's a champion. I, I yeah, yeah. I, I always reference it. But their win last year against Montpellier in the final was amazing. Yeah, it was. It was, it was a hell of brilliant. a win. Did they win it a couple of years ago as well? In fact, won it about three or four years ago. Yeah. yeah. In fact, the str- Scottish struggling players. English club break the bank, making me defence coach. Get Joe Labden. Well, there's a lot of English coaches knocking about um, France. I mean, they escaped my Joe Worsley. Joe, Joe, yeah, Joe, Joe Worsley's one. Was Rory Teague not anymore? Um, I'm sure there's one in Leon as well. But yeah, I mean, you know, English coaches are quite highly regarded in in, in France. It's just a shame they're not that highly regarded in, in England. England. There you go. Uh, so, there you go. so if if Mark McCall gets the England job, uh, Alex Anderson, Dor, Joe Alab, defence coach, sorted, carries on. Nice. Nice, that's a Saracens thing to do. Yeah. Okay, pool three. Uh, two one o'clock kickoffs on Saturday in pool three. We've got Cardiff Blues hosting Saracens, which Saris. will be a Saracens win, and Glasgow hosting Leon, which will be a Glasgow, a Glasgow win. win. We've not mentioned the Itoji news. What is the Itoji news? Kneecap. Yeah, so he chipped his kneecap before the Autumn Internationals. Okay. Training in Portugal, I think it was. Uh, but it, it was never looked into. He said he was fine, played on, and then since coming back to Saracens... Was it karate or kung fu or what was it? Yeah, like? yeah it might have been. Some uh, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Uh, so since coming back to Saracens, he's had a scan. He's out for six to eight weeks. But he will, okay. he will be back in time for the Six Nations. Good, because uh, England need him. They do. Uh, so that's pool three, done and dusted, Saracens and Glasgow, which... Sets those two up very nicely. That's another pool where you've got two who are both vying, both likely to get, uh, both qualify in Saracens and Glasgow. Yes. Uh, pool four. So we've got one game on Friday night, which is my beloved Ulsterman. Yeah, I'll be there. Hosting Scarlets. Very jealous. Um, I, I hope they do it again. I hope they repeat it. 
it would be such an Ulster thing to do. To is this going to be a bigger game for Ulster or for Tim, or for Tim Cocker? Well, big game for Tim Cocker. Big game for big game. Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. There's another one of the little uh, little men who's doing it. Are, are you gonna? <laughs> Can you crack that joke on the screen, please? Yeah. <laughs> it's quite a niche joke to crack, it isn't is. it? You'd have to have watched Bad Boys, know the reference, and then... Yeah. <laughs> it's unlikely Mike Lowry will be playing. Oh. That, that back line was yeah. on fire. It was on fire. I'll, g- I'll give Will Addison your best, though, JB. Yeah. Can you give uh, Jacob, St- Jacob Stockdale my best, please? Yes. Although, in both cases, that probably means I Tell have Will to... Tell Will that I still talk about him. Yeah, <laughs> I will. He'll know. He'll know. <laughs> so what are you saying? I'm going for an Ulster win. Pride. It would be such an Ulster thing to lose this. (laughs) It would be peak Ulster. Uh, And also, Scots are really good. Scots are really good. You've got to remember that. They're they're not exactly mugs, are they? They'll be Yeah. But Ulster, go. Uh, And then, the other game in Pool 4, Leicester Tigers host Racing 92. I don't know. It's got to be Racing. So, Leicester, they do, they have had, they will have some more Amazing European nights, but Racing, along with Saracens, the only t- two unbeaten teams. And you, oh, sorry, and Toulouse. Uh, I mean, obviously, Leicester the three will, unbeaten teams. Leicester will have adjusted by will, will have adjusted to the Paul Gustard Mike Ford system in the next <laughs> three days, <laughs> and they'll be fine. They'll it, rip it up. It was interesting to see Leicester. Uh, so they had two men yellow carded, and we spoke about this briefly last mm. week. It actually looked like they had been doing some training for the yellow card. They'd been prepared for the yellow card yeah. position. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they didn't didn't concede too badly in that position, but then it the kind of game took its toll on them. Big time. Oh, can can we get rid of the myth of French teams being unfit? Because <laughs> I mean, Racing did run out of steam towards the end, but to even get to that point, it was bloody impressive. Yeah, oh, they were impressive. French teams are fit, is what I'm saying. Not all French teams are fit. The best French teams are fit and well-conditioned. Mm. Not all are. Most are. Maybe most are. Most are. Um, so, so Russing for me. We all say in Russing? Yeah. Yeah. And then Pool 5. So Montpellier hosts Toulon, uh, which is the, the bottom half of Pool 5. Montpellier because, at home. Yeah. Montpellier at home. Because Newcastle Falcons and Edinburgh, who've both won two out of three games, mm. they play. Newcastle, uh, Newcastle. Be, they're going to win that. Do you reckon? They'll have their big guns back. Yeah. So they, they took the opportunity to rest their players, they freshen did. up the squad. I don't get that for the life of me. So did they actually rest, lads? Is that what, is that what they said? Mark Wilson, they've got a lot of injuries, yeah. a hell of a lot of injuries, but they rested players in key positions. Toby Flood didn't come off the bench. He was on the bench. Same with the scrum half. Same with um, well, um, Sinotti and Gonover weren't even how did, in the um, squad. How did Brett Cannon go? Hammersley wasn't in the squad. How but did yeah? They did all right. They competed really well, and they, they did. You got to remember they did a similar thing going to Toulon and winning. It wasn't yeah the first choice team there. Mm, well, yeah, I guess you've got to you know you've got to have ability throughout the squad, and you've got to. Tr- There's no point in accumulating these players if you're not going to trust them. Yeah, so, and uh, I think Newcastle will win that. Be tasty gonna, though. It's a tough one. Edinburgh got a good team, really good pack. Yeah, Cockers has worked his magic there, hasn't he? He has. He really has. His stock, he was falling so far at Leicester Tigers, and his stock has just risen since he yeah. moved there. Uh, and uh, uh, the I wonder who, I wonder who, I wonder if there's a Leicester Tigers fan out there now 
who really doesn't regret how it all unfolded. I mean, the, the major cockers thing, maybe they'd have been best just keeping it. But they were not doing well. Or keep one of them. Yeah. Can't help but think keeping one of them would have been a better option than where they are right now. Yeah. They should have kept one of them. What, what a mess. There you go. There we go. Sorry yeah. if we've not mentioned the Challenge Cup. We uh, have. Team. Treviso. Yeah, uh, Treviso and, one. And we, so said, like and we said the, the, ca- the, the catch-all oh. caveat, be better. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, always true. Uh, right, nice one. Get yourself a Cornerstone Razor, get onto our Twitter account and uh, get yourself some free beer. Mm, tasty beer. Uh, let the boys play. Let the boys play. Uh, Stop. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.